0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Uh, Heavenly Father, I, I ask at this time that ultimately, not my words, but that your living word, uh, your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, would go forth, and that indeed he would um, take root in our hearts and our lives and be uh, the sure and certain foundation which we all look and long for. These things I ask and offer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A few minutes ago we heard from this 13th chapter of Mark's Gospel, and I invite you along with me to reflect on this 13th chapter of Mark's Gospel and what it reveals about uh, the character of God, and, and also uh, certainly to the hope which it holds out uh, to you and to me, the ways uh, in which it speaks to uh, not only the the truth uh, of God, but also uh, His presence and His power. In yours, and my life, uh, and it is a—at least initially—is uh, a somewhat disconcerting passage. Uh, as I, I see a few heads nod, like, "Yes, uh, that's an understatement." It—it uh, uh, it is a disconcerting passage at first. But I, what, what I'd like to say to you is, it holds out to you and to me um, tremendous and phenomenal good news. And in particular, one of the things I ask you to reflect on is, as we hear this today, and as we think about. What it says about God and what it says to you and to me uh, are basically the questions which are something that are part of all of our lives. Uh, and that is, um, where, where do we find our hope in life? Where do we find our hope? Uh, where do we find um, our true identity uh, in life? Not only where do we find our hope and where do we find our identity, uh, but what is it that we look to um, for security hope, uh, identity, security, things uh, which are uh, very much a part of each of our lives, something that we all look for uh, and long for. And and we begin, we hear that Jesus came out of the temple, and as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Uh, Share a few details uh, about the temple, and it was indeed one of the wonders of the world, and and not only... uh, was it magnificent uh, architecturally? But one of the things we're going to reflect on today is how significant it was also uh, in the uh, people of Israel and their understanding of themselves and and their understanding of their identity. It was something which was uh, critical, not only magnificent architecturally, but something from which they derived their identity and their understanding uh, of themselves. Uh, And we're told that Herod... Uh, enlarged Solomon's temple, and there was uh, an esplanade that led up um, to the temple. That's not a word I get to use very often, but there was an esplanade, uh, and it had a circumference uh, of nearly a mile. Um, So imagine um, this esplanade that led up to the temple um, with this this circumference of uh, nearly a mile, uh, and it was a 35-acre Enclosure, uh, a 35-acre enclosure, and and wonderfully, uh, the the commentary I was reading uh, helped put that in layman's terms. It could enclose 12 football fields. Um, that's how large um, a 35-acre enclosure is. And as uh, you approached the temple, um, there was a, a, a portico which was there as you approached the temple. Uh, and as uh, the the portico. Uh, was 45 feet wide, uh, and you actually had three aisles uh, of columns with Corinthian uh, capitals. Uh, it feels like Old South Week, right? Uh, there, was, uh, there, were, there were these uh, columns which led, the, the columns, the width and the circumference of the columns, it would take three men uh, with arms linked. Uh, that's how, that was the circumference of these, and the retaining wall. Uh, just the retaining wall was 15 um, stories high. And some of the stones in the retaining wall were 45 um, to 60 feet long, 14 um, feet deep, uh, 11 feet tall, uh, weighing, about, uh, weighing about a million pounds. So this is, this is, this is just sort of the framework uh, as you led up to the temple. And then when you got to the temple itself, uh, it was a magnificent structure which was clad in gold and silver and crimson Uh, and purple, uh, and it would uh, refract the light uh, as the light came. Uh, It looked like a snow-capped mountain peak. It was truly one of the wonders uh, of the world. And so I I, I share all that with you. You get an idea why the disciples might say, wow, uh, as they they came out, uh, as they remarked to Jesus, what amazing stones, what uh, an amazing structure. Uh, And of course, uh, Jesus' words, I imagine, uh, if we find this a little disconcerting, imagine um, what they felt uh, as Jesus told them, I, I tell you the truth, uh, not one stone will be left um, on another, uh, all of it uh, will be torn down. And that uh, prophecy came to fruition in AD 70 as, as the Romans did indeed um, destroy the temple and not only did they destroy the temple uh, and, uh, and they burned it? But as they burned it, um, a lot of the gold and the silver which was um, clad uh, in the sanctuary which was in um, the offerings melted and went down into the stones and they actually took bars uh, to pry um, the stones uh, apart that they might take uh, the gold uh, and the silver uh, which melted. It's a pretty upbeat start um, to today's uh, sermon, this, uh, this tremendous um, catastrophe which took place, uh, the destruction and the judgment um, upon the temple. Uh, and as uh, we think about what uh, it might have meant for the people uh, of Israel, I also lift up to you and to me uh, the good news that it held for them ultimately uh, difficult, uh, hard, disconcerting at first, but what good news it held for them And the good news um, that it held for you, that it holds um, for you and for me as well. Because one of the things that we see God doing again and again and again uh, is exposing um, those things in our lives which are false securities, uh, which are, are false hopes. Uh, things that we um, wrongly put um, and find our identity in, uh, things which won't last, uh, things which will be taken away from you and from me. And the the reason um, for revealing this is to give us something sure and certain, ultimately uh, to give us himself, something which cannot uh, be taken away from us, something which will never um, forsake us, uh, something uh, which will last I've, in light of what I've shared with you and over the past couple of weeks, as I've known that I would be preaching, not, not surprisingly, um, temples have been um, on my mind. I've been thinking a lot uh, about temples, and I actually had um, opportunity um, recently um, to visit one of our uh, our current um, modern-day temples. Uh, a great experience um, that it was—a place where um, prayers uh, are off, prayers are offered, a place where. Um, sacrifices are made—a place where people find um, their, their hope uh, and their identity—and I'm not talking about the summit. Um, uh, uh, what I'm actually talking about uh, is Brian Denny Stadium. Um, uh, and you know, and let me just say, uh, it's—let um, uh, me say it's just as bad as Jordan Hare. Uh, so, lest you feel like I'm, uh, I'm taking sides here, but. In case uh, any of you missed it, uh, my alma mater, the Citadel Bulldogs, um, played um, Alabama yesterday. I see some of you didn't know that, um, and I'm, of course, saddened um, and, and, and shocked um, by that. But, you know, of course, as, as, as you go there, you get some idea of uh, of, of temple worship. Uh, I can remember a number of years ago, and again, uh, this, uh, this is uh, across the board, uh, whether one is talking about Auburn or Alabama, but I can remember... A number of years ago, when – this is one of those things that stands out in my memory – when when Nick Saban was hired uh, as the football coach, uh, and they had interviews uh, of of people following his hiring, and and different people were uh, given the opportunity to give their perspective. And I can remember this uh, to this day. One woman, as she's interviewed, she looked um, into the reporter's eyes with complete sincerity, and she said, now we can hope again. Uh, That was uh, was what – uh, and, and unless you think I'm picking on her, I mean I am, uh, I guess, a little bit. But but here's the truth: uh, it's not just her; uh, it's it's me as well. Uh, it's it's you as well. And if it's not if it's not football, it's something else that you think is so absolutely um, crucial for you for your life that if you can have this. Um, then you're going to be okay. If you have this, um, then you're going to be secure. If you can have this, um, then you can have meaning. Uh, it's, it's not just her. It's, it's all of us uh, that, that have false hopes uh, and look for false um, security. And we, we hear um, that the temple um, was torn down. Indeed, um, it was destroyed. And so the question is, where is the good news in this uh, that I keep talking about? Uh, what is the hope uh, and the security, what is the greater um, identity um, that's given to you and to me? Uh, and as you might imagine, what I would say to you uh, is, is the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is what is offered um, to you and to me. Jesus um, would say, destroy this temple, uh, and in three days um, I will raise it up. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And of course, we know that the temple that he was referring to um, was the temple of his body. Uh, that would be um, torn down uh, and that God would indeed raise up to show to you and to me uh, a place of true hope, a place of true security. Because what was going on in uh, the temple, people would come and they would change their money and they would make their offerings. They would purchase animals um, to make sacrifices to God in an effort um, to be restored and reconciled in their relationship with God and, in an effort to feel um, like they were okay. And, and as you might imagine, um, they... Uh, purchased animals uh, day in and day out. Uh, They purchased animals year in um, and year out, and and they offered um, these sacrifices. And and let me ask you, did they feel any more secure? Uh, Did they feel um, any more um, holy? Uh, Did they feel um, any more hopeful? Uh, And the chances are is that not only is the answer no, but, but any hope and what they might be able to accomplish would have been false hope. Uh, We have one who has come into the world uh, to be the true and the once and for all sufficient sacrifice for you um, and for me, a place uh, of certainty and hope, one who promises to be with us now um, and always. And as we think about that, as we think about the true hope uh, that God gives to you and to me, the gift uh, of himself, I invite you and me as well not only to think about um, the things uh, which we often tend to find false hope and security in, but ways in which God has um, come into our lives, the ways in which God will come into our lives when, when in essence, um, the stones of our lives are overthrown, uh, because inevitably in our lives we have those moments, don't we? Um, those moments uh, of, uh, of of loss, the moments when uh, the way in which we knew and understand uh, understood ourselves is, is taken away uh, from you and from me, uh, whether it be something... Uh, Through relationships in our lives, whether it be um, through work, whether it be um, through our health, we we could go on and on listing different examples of ways in our lives in which uh, we we're going along feeling reasonably secure uh, and then we're not, Uh, and then things are turned um, upside down. The the stones and the seeming security of our lives uh, is uh, is tossed over, Uh, and then what do we do? Who um, do we turn to? Where is the hope uh, in that particular moment? And I share um, one final story with you to hopefully um, illustrate uh, this great gift which is given to you and to me. A number of years ago, I got a call from one of my friends, a a wonderful guy, um, a a faithful guy, and we had served in ministry together, and he and his family had uh, moved. We were friends in Charleston, and he and his family had moved, and when they moved, um, they were not able to sell their home, and as you might imagine, that caused no small of anxiety um, in his life. he wasn't looking for a vacation home in Charleston. Um, he needed to sell his home in order um, to get a, a place for he and his wife and their four children um, to live, And but he wasn't able to sell his home. And, of course, as you might imagine, his anxiety was raising and his panic was increasing. And then, thankfully, at the last minute, um, they found someone that they could rent um, the house to. And so they uh, they moved, and he called me on this particular day um, to share the news. He had received a call from the people that were uh, renting his home. Uh, and uh, they called with the message that the home had termites. Uh, and as you um, might imagine, uh, for those of you who are not homeowners, uh, that's kind of like the, the nuclear announcement. Um, uh, and uh, your your home uh, has termites. And, and my friend, not surprisingly, said he began to panic. Um, and not only did he begin panic, but he began to uh, to basically, and, and I can totally understand this, would do the same, uh, began to beat himself up. I'm, I'm such a loser. Um, I, I don't have um, a plan B. Uh, I can't believe I've allowed myself and my family um, to get in this situation. I, I can't fix it. And he, he's talking to me. He said, Craig, he said, I don't have the money. Uh, I don't have the money to fix this um, situation," and he said. "Not only do I have, not have the money, but he said, no one's going to lend me the money because if they lend me the money, I can't pay it." Uh, he's like, you know, I, I, I'm I'm doomed," uh, was was what he was saying. And again, uh, you can imagine uh, the, the the blame, the the shame, the the panic, the swirling that goes along with the situation when all of a sudden things fell apart, uh, the the hope and the security which he thought he had, he didn't have. The his identity. Uh, was uh, was basically blown up. Uh, uh, my identity is is basically one who is a loser and doesn't have it together and, and allows his family to get in these situations. And then he said, he said, I know this is going to sound cliche, Craig, but I, he said, I began to pray about this. Uh, and as I began to pray about this, uh, I began to, to experience a, a sense of peace in the midst of um, this situation. Uh, and then this is what he said, which I think is so... Um, True um to the gracious character of God, uh, and uh, so wonderful, and y'all may not think it's as um profound as I do, but he said craig as i I, I began to pray he said it was as if I heard God um, saying to me, You know what Peter, uh, I love you uh, and've uh, and I've always loved you, and I always will love you uh, and and I have always uh, been with you, uh, and I will always be with you um going forward. Uh, And then what he heard was this, which I think is awesome. He said, he said, Peter, um, I'll give you the next step. He said, it was as if I heard God saying to me, um, I'll give you the next step. Uh, And and here's why I think that is so um, tremendous uh, and so powerful. The confirmation he received, as Jesus um, tells the disciples about the destruction of the temple, he also goes on to say um, the... Sufferings uh, and the hardships uh, and the calamities um, which will come about. And if we step back for just a moment and think about it, uh, it's all it is basically is today's news, isn't it? Uh, If you you think about, if if you watch, uh, if you watch the news on any particular day, um, what is it? Uh, It's about natural disasters. Um, It's about wars. It's about enmity uh, and strife uh, and broken relationships uh, and, and loss. The, the end times, what the Bible calls the end times, what the end times mean, we tend to think about that in some sort of uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic idea. But what the end times refer to is the time between Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension and his coming again which is to say all the times we live in um, are the end times. Uh, And there are times uh, in which we as uh, everyone and we as Christians, we do experience suffering. Uh, We do um, experience loss. And one of the things that the disciples asked Jesus, and this is so you and me as well, basically what they said was, will you give us the blueprint? Will you give us the blueprint? When Jesus says the temple is going to be torn down, they say, well, what do we need to look for? Um, what do we need to look for? Um, give, us, give us the signs. And as you go on and read chapter 13, Jesus will say, you know what? Uh, you don't get the signs. Um, I don't, you don't get the final blueprint. I, I don't either. Um, God alone um, has that answer. <laughs> Jesus basically says, look, if I don't have it, you're not going to have it, uh, is, is in essence what he says. Uh, but here's the, here's the amazing thing. They're like you and me. They want a blueprint. How is it all going to turn out? What is the final chapter I'm going to say Uh, But here is the good news that I want to hold up to you today. Instead uh, of a building uh, in which to place our hope and find our security, um, we have a living person. Uh, We have a savior. We have one who says, I've I've loved you and I always will love you. Uh, I am with you now and I'll be with you in the future. I'm with you now and I go um, before you. Um, I will give you the next step and I will be with you um, every step of the way. And that is something in which you and I can find genuine hope, genuine security, genuine identity to say troubles and trials and hardships um, will come, along with joys and blessings uh, and accomplishments as well. Uh, But in all of that, we we have not a building, but we have a person, Jesus, crucified and risen, um, who is the sure and certain source of our hope uh, and our identity and, and our security. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we we give you thanks um, that you do point out to us our our false hopes and our false securities, and while that is not pleasant, uh, we recognize uh, that that is done so that we might ultimately have life uh, and have the security that is found in you. Draw our hearts and our minds to you today, most gracious God, that in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we might find Uh, our certainty, um, our shield, our salvation, uh, that we might um, listen to your voice, knowing that as our good and great shepherd, you are always with us and going before us. We give you thanks for this gift and pray um, that you would secure us in that. And all this I ask in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.